You are listening to a Geek Fallout production in association with the Atomic Geeks Podcasting Network. You're listening to Techno the Geek Fallout technology news and discussion podcast where we talk about everything from mobile devices and PCs to video games and everything in between. Hello and welcome to the Christmas episode of Geek Fallout Technobabble, the show about technology, the good, the bad, what's coming, what's around, and everything in between. I'm your host, Mike King. Joining me is my co-host and producer, Rich Reeder, and our guest is Chris Gaida. Say hello, fellas. Hey, hey. Hey, where's my ho-ho-hos at? (laughs) Ho-ho-ho. The Godfather in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is our Christmas wish list episode. We're going to uh, start off small, and uh, let's see if we can see if we can get a little nuts as we uh, progress further down the uh, the wish list and succumb to the greed of the season. But we're going to keep it uh, nice and affordable. Uh, I'll start now. We love podcasting, right, fellas? Most of the time. Now, I guess that means you also love listening to podcasts, right? No, I hate them. I do it for <laughs> seven to eight hours a day. <laughs> yeah, actually, I used to, too. So, but have you ever gone swimming and wondered, I'm surrounded by all this friggin' silence and water. Why can't I listen to podcasts here where nobody's bothering me? Constantly. Well, yes. Well, now there's an item that can help you from Finnis Inc., Com. They have an item called the Duo. It is waterproof headphones. It's an MP3 player designed for swimmers to offer the highest quality sound without the use of earbuds. Now, it's not specifically for podcasts, but come on, if you're like, who listens to music anymore when podcasts are just far more informative and entertaining? But whether you're, whatever you're listening to, if it's a sound file, an audio book, whatever, now you can hear it underwater without the use of earbuds. This utilizes a two-piece design and bone conduction audio transmission to deliver crystal clear audio through your cheekbones to your inner ear. So it is completely waterproof, of course. Otherwise, they would need to be redesigned. And uh, it has four buttons to easily navigate between songs, podcasts, other audiobooks, and other supported audio files. So you even get some menu selection besides simply having to skip all around. And it supports unprotected MP3s and WMA files. And it has a magnetic dock for the USB for universal data transfers and charging. And it offers four gigabytes of flash memory and a lithium-ion rechargeable battery up to seven hours. Now, if you're underwater for seven hours, you're probably going to want to be listening to something because the sound of, like, waves or, well, not waves, but just, like, water sloshing around would would get pretty monotonous. So now you've got your own little soundtrack while you're under the sea. I like that. That's pretty cool, for sure. I'd use it, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the only thing I see wrong with that is it's only four gigs. If you're going to be underwater for that many hours, if you're listening to some good podcasts, they might be in higher quality. I don't know. Especially if you're doing video podcasts. <laughs> you got you got your waterproof iPhone case on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't seen any gear for uh, for making podcasts under the water, but, you know, who knows? F- fingers crossed next year, 2016, the year of underwater audio recording. But uh, so this item 
is at Finis. It's a Finis product, F-I-N-I-S. The item is called the Duo, and it's $120 US. Do you think this is a good price for the item, or like, do you think not it's bad, like... I'd say. Not bad. Okay. So I'd pay that. It seems like a fair amount if uh, you spend a lot of time swimming. Now, this would be good like if you live like... Like if you're uh, one of those snowbirds that's just decided, like, screw the cold and everything, I'm heading to... Well, well, now this year is a little different. It's a little warmer. Like, it snowed twice, but if you went out an hour later isn't it, and told that to somebody, they'd be like, I don't believe you. So it's been a pretty uh, warm year. Like, one of the positive effects of global warming is finally Canada is, like, you know, not going to kill so many people with shoveling snow this year. So, you know, killing the planet has its privileges. Okay, that, that that ends the political section of this uh, episode. So, uh, yeah, it's a cool item. Who else wants to uh, present their Christmas, what they want for Christmas this year? Uh, I'll go first because this is real easy. Um, just like, you know, everybody else, I need an upgrade. So if I was getting um, myself a nice little... Christmas present under the tree this year, under $1,000. One of my first uh, picks would definitely be a Xbox One or PlayStation 4. Probably the PlayStation 4, just because I tend to lean a little bit more towards Sony these days. But, um, yeah, I mean, you can't really go wrong. And with all the price drops that they've been doing recently, uh, like I believe it's down to $300, or it was up until today or tomorrow, the 19th, I think it was. Um, they were down to three hundred dollars, two ninety nine for both. You know, either or. So that's one significant price drop, um, and definitely worth it. You know, there may not be a whole heck of a lot of uh, amazing, crazy, you know, exclusives yet, but there certainly will be in the next uh, year or two because you know, give them time to grow, right? I can't wait to see what that Final Fantasy VII remake is uh, going to be like. Yeah. Definitely. I'm going to piggyback off of you because I had the same choice as one of my picks. However, I was going to lean towards the Xbox One. Now, from what I can tell, the uh, PlayStation is a better quality overall. However, a lot of the people I know have the Xbox One, and there are certain games that uh, play a lot better as a group. Mm -hmm. And just, you know... Basically, to be compatible with peers, I would end up going for the Xbox One if I had a choice, even though if I was left to my own devices, it would be the PlayStation. See, but like for me, like the hard part for me is the PlayStation 4, I'm kind of in the same group. I, most of the people I know are, P, are PlayStation people, on top of the fact that my wife kind of likes it a little bit more. And even though Fable is her favorite game like ever other than Diablo, and that's an Xbox thing, but still... Um, I was just, I've gotten used to the, I'd gotten used to the PS3 plugging my hard drive into it and using that to watch movies for so long that it wasn't even the games necessarily. I was using it as an entertainment system. But on the other hand, the Xbox has an amazing, uh, entertainment system set up. The, like the, uh, what is it? The one guide where if you have a, uh, an HD cable box, you hook that into your Xbox and then your Xbox up to the TV and use the Xbox as a pass through and then, at least in the States, it downloads all of the digital information for all of your channels, all of this, all that, everything. And you can sit there and say, Xbox, this channel, Xbox, that channel, you know, turn it up, turn it down, do this, do that, whatever. And you can do split screen, watching TV on one half, playing game on another and stuff like that. So it's definitely got more of the multimedia integration, uh, integration 
which I would definitely um, integration use integration integration whatever. Shut up, fuck I'll, you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take your word for it because the only thing I want it for is to play Fallout Four and possibly Skyrim. If you know, a man of my own heart. I ever get no, around to no it. Halo. No Halo, really? Actually, no. I only ever played one Halo game, and I thought it was very boring. Which one? Uh, the first one, of course. Really? The only oh, thing man, that's the like only thing one. I liked out of the entire bu- bunch was actually the opening uh, graphics and little storyline, and that's because I kind of marked out because they uh, showcased a ring world, and based oh. on my love of Larry Niven novels, I absolutely loved the concept of ring worlds. And I mm-hmm. just wish they went into more of that, and I didn't care about the storyline. Is he the author author of the Ringworld series? Yes. Okay. Just, just I won't, making sure. <laughs> I won't play your Halo, Halo. I won't play your Halo. <laughs> every 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 episode, you got to do a little karaoke, eh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my trademark. <laughs> All right. Well, what what do you got? What else do you have on your uh, Christmas list, there, uh, Mike? Well, you know, you, you like listening to music and podcasts, right? No, I'm not repeating myself. This is a second speaker thing, but this time it's for listening above water. I know. It's the Stella Audio Pillar. It's a portable wireless Bluetooth speaker with built-in speakerphone. It's the perfect union of stunning sound and chic style for the home office or anywhere life takes you. It's got a 360-degree sound, a 15-hour rechargeable battery, and a speakerphone for hands-free calls. And it's exclusively available at Neiman Marcus for $300. It essentially looks like a, like a gold candle you put on the center of your table. And it's got 360 sound, Bluetooth, speakerphone. Uh, it can change tracks from devices and adjust the volume from up to 50 feet away. Long battery life. Can't even connect to non-Bluetooth devices. And it's pretty compatible with smartphones, iPhones, iPods, tablets, computers, and TV. And, you know, if someone gave me this for Christmas, I'd be like, okay, first off, I'm not that good this year. I haven't been that good this year. But, uh, you know, I'll take it anyway because it looks like a pretty sweet item. So it's $300. Does that sound like a uh, like a decent price to you? Or just like, are there other items that do this function but for uh, cheaper? Honestly, I think that... Uh, unless you are a serious audiophile, it might be paying too much. Yeah. Because, for example, this past summer, I got my wife a cheap set of speakers that uh, do the same sort of thing, and they were under $30 each. And, yeah, I could see if you were very, very much into your music, you might be able to recognize a difference. But for the most part, just having a standard radio quality play, this did the job very nicely, nice and loud. It seemed to be durable. Uh, they even uh, looked pretty good on the desk. So I think there's probably a lot of duplicate products out there that uh, could do the same sort of function for a lot cheaper. I'd just stick with my plain old Bluetooth speaker and Bluetooth headphones, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but do they also include a, those, uh, do those uh, speakers also include a 3-inch subwoofer? No, they do not. But do I really care? Who uh, needs a three-inch subwoofer unless you're, you know, rolling down the street and you're six four, <laughs> you know, popping them bitches, smacking them hoes? What do you need a three-inch subwoofer for? All right, well, I guess I need one. <laughs> <laughs> that that justifies the extra uh, hundred two hundred and sixty dollars. Yeah, 
Exactly. I mean, you, you got you got to have you got to have that little uh, you got to have that little log to bring the base. Hey, man, I had two three-inch woofers in my uh, in my uh, first Prius. Ten ten speaker surround sound. Oh yeah, JBL. <laughs> man, there's no pimping like Prius pimping, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a. Uh... That's my submission. So, <laughs> so Chris, what do you want this? Year? What else do you want this year? Okay. Well, I'm going to go a little bit different. Actually, maybe not because I'll have the uh, same marine sort of theme here. However, I do have a boat. I don't take it out nearly as often as I should. But one of the things that I like, even though I've got a pretty good uh, depth sounder, I would like a new Garmin Striker 7SU. Fish Finder slash GPS combo. <laughs> um, basically, this would be great because one of the reasons reasons I bought the boat was so I could do slightly longer trips and navigate up and down the rivers. However, having up-to-date nautical maps is really important for doing things like this. And just the simple functionality that you can get being able to... Uh, while you're on the go, being able to plot your courses, um, marking return points for certain things, just uh, boat launches, uh, places where you can fill up with gas, and just you know having a basically a touch screen and be able to mark points of interest on there and having route calculators for these things would come in handy. Plus, the fish finder, hey, it looked great. Uh, it's underwater sonar was much higher than any of the fish finders I've had in the past. And, yeah, it just displayed very nicely. And, I mean, the total product price, it was actually hard to find because Garmin itself didn't have anything listed on the site as far as price. However, excuse me, competing products tend to go somewhere in between $600 to $1,000, depending on the level. I'm guessing with sales and everything, we're looking probably closer to five, $600. And it's basically plug and play. Um, I'd be able to mount it right up and away I go. It's not that bad at all, really. Well, but on top at, of it, a lot of At the same time, a, I can't believe you just used it. We're on Techno Babble and you're like, yeah, I want a fish finder. <laughs> I That's awesome. You, I'm old. You know, <laughs> You know what you could do is just like attach that fish finder to a drone or two of them, and just send them like up to a river that goes in two directions, just so you can know which which river path has better fish in it. That's that actually, actually pretty genius. Actually, that'd be great because yeah. where I normally uh, park the boat is right at the joint between two rivers. So, yep. Hmm, so no, that's which you're way do a I genius, go? Mike. You're a genius. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've stumbled upon a new industry, guys. You just got to get fish finding drones now. <laughs> We're going to make millions. We'll take it to Dragon's Den. Well, hopefully they don't collide with the Amazon drones or uh, encounter one of those assholes that have the flamethrower drones. Well, I'd, uh, want the, I'd want them to be submersible. Then they'd just become fish, fish poaching drones. Ooh, yeah, really? Fish. Go, and catch, <laughs> go and catch them yourself, uh, themselves? Yeah. That's they hilarious. Can, they can drag a little cage along. You know I, what? I totally got this. I totally got this, guys, okay? okay. Two-stage drone. One of them is an airborne drone that carries a submersible drone. The airborne drone finds the fish, the underwater one catches them, and they communicate to each other. And then the, the, the airborne one can come down and pick up the submersible once he's caught the fish and bring it back to you. Booyah! 
<laughs> you know, I could even just make take the... that sucker out of the water. So even if he's still wriggling, the drone won't have a fight on his hands because he'll be up in the air. Or you could just throw dynamite in the lake. I can make an environmental <laughs> case for this too, thinking about it. Because if you have that submersible drone and you just use it for trolling back and forth to replace your normal fishing, you're not using gasoline for your boat engine. And yeah, just drone power, electricity. <laughs> I'm saving the world by poaching fish. Taking a lazy <laughs> taking a lazy sport and making it even lazier. Now you don't even have to get in the damn water. That's just go up just go up to the dock and launch your drones and just have the just have the dynamite drone issue a uh, fire in the hole signal so the other drones just hightail it out of there and then they recover the scraps. From the dock, in theory, I should be able to do it from home on the computer. Well yeah, get, yeah but you got yeah, but you know, they don't have a drone to drive all the way to the cottage for you, so Yeah, I don't get a can that way either. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay, Rich. So uh, you've been a good boy this year. What do you want Santa to bring you? Santa, Santa. I would love a electric skateboard. One of those new hoverboard skateboard thingies. Those are great. Is that, the, um, is that those foot-powered ones, or is this like a better-looking one? No, I'm talking about the the newer uh, ones that you see on like Amazon and and like places like The Verge are always reporting on them and stuff. Apparently, they're setting on fire now. But um, basically, uh, electric skateboards. Some of them have uh, one central wheel in the middle of what looks like a skateboard, and it kind of uses the Segway accelerometers and whatnot, that sort of style, to keep you um, level. And they can usually go anywhere from 10 to 21 miles per hour uh, for anywhere from 10 to 20 miles. Um, I've seen different variations, some with four wheels, some with one wheel. Um, Some of the really cool ones I saw, I actually saw a probably 13 or 14 year old um, driving around, uh, not driving, but uh, going around uh, near my wife's work here in Ottawa. Uh, We were dropping her off and I saw this kid and he had these, I forget what they're called. I think they're called like wheelies or something, but it's basically you take a rollerblade, take off all of the wheels and put one giant wheel on the outside of each one. And then you lean forward to go faster and you lean backwards to slow down. Hmm. And they're, they're like, they're super cool. Like just anything like this is, I, I would love it to be able to, for commuting, you know, if I lived, you know, pretty close to work or if I got one that's small enough that I could just take it right to the bus and, you know, like it, it'd be great, especially for the summer. If you've got a dog, you know, to go on a nice long walk with your dog or something, you know, that'd be great. Oh, personal question. Can you currently skateboard? No, no, I haven't been able to skateboard in year. I had a a fairly bad accident when I was ten or eleven, and uh, I've been too scared since then to to jump back on. I lost my balance after that. <laughs> <laughs> Took off all the skin on my chin. Okay, just checking. Yeah, but, I don't see any I mean, flaws with this. Then. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, it's technology, so it'll keep me safe, right? I mean, it's not like Hal's involved, is he? Cruise control's always worked for me. Yeah. That's true. So that that's my next pick for sure. Even though, like I said, they're 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 setting on fire now apparently. So and you're not allowed to bring them on airplanes, and Amazon won't ship them through through uh, airmail anymore. But still worth it. If you need an inline skateboard on a plane, something's wrong with you. No, well to to bring it with you to wherever you're going. Come on, well, smartass. Oh, they won't even let you like put it in your carry on. Your no. rascals don't normally fit on board anymore. So, hmm. 
<laughs> that would be cool. Actually, I saw a uh, one of the coolest ones that I saw. It was an e-bike because I love the whole e-bike craze too, even though, yes, I'm a driver and I hate them sometimes. But I saw a four-wheeled e-bike that was actually more like a mini car and it had a little trunk. It was an open concept, but it had kind of a canvas around the whole thing and you could kind of like Velcro off this little door or unzip this door and it had... You know, the plastic windows like you would see on a YJ or TJ Jeep, but it was a little two-seater, tiny mini car, but it it was like an e-bike, and that's how it's licensed. It was, I think it was like $4,000 or $3,000, went up to 21 or 22 miles per hour, and because it was bigger, it was able to have a bigger battery on board, so I think it would topped out at like 30 miles or something like that, which I think is, what, somewhere around 50 kilometers or something like that. So you'd be going 30, 30-ish kilometers an hour for up to somewhere around 50 kilometers. Mike, I know you don't drive. Wouldn't that be awesome for you? That would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Because then you could just, you know, pop your groceries in the back, go home, plug it in, you know? The only problem would be, you know, theft or um, vandalism, really. Or, you know, someone trying to... Nerd! Take, someone trying to take Nerd. you down a peg for being so damn... Fl- for being so, so such a... Uh, a rolling bullseye. Yeah, that's true. Well, driving something like that on the road would probably get you beeped at for sure. <laughs> you'd get killed. Not to mention the fact that even if it is legal, I bet you you'd get stopped by the police more than a few times. <laughs> They'd probably be like, you know, this is legal, but, you know, technically, if you walk around asking people to beat you up, <laughs> we we it, it discourages us from helping you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do you got next, buddy? Okay, well. I decided to uh, change the subject a bit because I was talking about like a, a speaker that works under the water, and then like a speaker that works like on your uh, your patio, your uh, ooh space speakers, your whatever. So now I was just thinking, if you got a speaker that works under the water and a speaker that works like outside of the water, the only thing left would be a speaker that works on the water. Oh God. <laughs> okay. So you listen to a lot of music and and podcasts. That's all you do in life, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, well, I was just looking for, like, ludicrous luxury items that were, you know, not not too expensive. And speakers really came up over and over and over again. But uh, I, I do have a final product that's not speaker-related, but this one bears uh, speaking about. It is from Fugo, or Fugu.com, and this is the Style XL Speaker. It features eight acoustic drivers for true 360 sound. It's waterproof and dustproof with 35-hour battery life and a USB port to charge your phone or your tablet as well. And it even floats on water for easy recovery. So instead of, like, having the speakers by the pool, screw this. I'm throwing the speaker in the pool, and when it bobs up to the surface, it's going to be just floating around, just giving that bass. It'll be like a little jacuzzi area. Every time you're near it, just from the vibrations in the water. And it is such a neat idea to just have a speaker that you can throw in the damn pool and not be like, well, I'm not getting my deposit back or anything. Nope, this one just keeps the, keeps the party going, the bass thumping. And it has the loudest, highest sound quality ever produced from uh, Fugo with eight acoustic drivers pushing out 97 decibels of sound pressure to create the ultimate listening experience. So I'm pretty sure if you threw this in the ocean, you'd probably be giving away an orgasm. Now, <laughs> that's, 
tempting as that is. It's got extra tweeters, control buttons, 38 watts of power. And with a fast charging power bank and a flat cable cord, you can keep your phone, tablet, and other devices charged up for the night ahead. And it shows the regular Fugu, which looks like a, uh, it's about the size of a tape deck. And the Fugu XL, which is about three times the size. So it's, uh, it's pretty damn awesome. Now, the, the thing that gets me is the 35-hour battery life, and you can basically use it to charge devices, hopefully, like, when it's not bobbing on the water. I mean, it doesn't only exist on the water, but it can exist on the water. And 360 sound is cool, so you can just throw it, like, beside your patty, at the center of a table, or just between your you and your buddy's chair, and just hear the same amount of sounds. And it now also uh, works with Siri and Google Now commands. Okay. Now, this sounds great. I've actually looked at floating speakers before. Do you know offhand, do they have anything that would help control the drift? I mean, things are great in a pool, but if you're using it in open water, the only thing I'd be really leery about is just it actually getting away from you. I think you'd have to... The last thing you want is it to blow away, and it's got your phone in it, and... (laughs) Put an anchor on it. If you're charging your phone while it's bobbing in the water, you're a moron. And you kind of deserve to lose your product if you can't figure out how to improvise your own tether. Well, so I was wondering whether it actually came with something intact or whether you had to improvise and make something. Uh, it's not It's not boasting a tether. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's It's expecting you to either put it in like a, a wading pool or, you know, just like a regular size swimming pool, like a contained water, like... If if you're throwing this in some place with a current, you're on your own. I mean, you can't you can't like blame Apple for like my my five year old son split his little brother's head open with my iPad. Apple's not going to be like, oh man, I'm I'm sorry about that. Like, we'll 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 work on that by giving it like rubber corners. You know, like some some things you gotta you gotta be responsible for your own. But you just put it on one of those remote control boats. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> put a little RC boat. Put put it on your drone. There you go. Well, I'm yeah. going to jump in here anyway because I think I have the solution. The next thing on my list was actually going to be a product from Trocker Bravo, and it's just simple digital trackers. Um, I've wanted these for years. They're basically little keychain-sized fobs that you can either attach with a little chain that they come with or <laughs> stick them on products. And they just help old people like myself keep track of their keys or their remote controls or anything you really want to stick it on. And you can control everything through an app on your phone and just uh, hit the number and you can actually see the locations of all of the little objects you have the trackers attached to. So we finally have Spidey Tracers. Exactly. And currently they're on sale. You can get a package of 10 for $150. And, yeah, I think it'd really come in handy because there's certain objects in our own house that we constantly misplace. How much, I, are, how much are these little uh, devices? But first, we didn't talk about the the price on the uh, the Fugu, which was... Oh, sorry about that. It was two it's $250, and it's also the only product they have that's been drop-tested for three feet. And it's sandproof. So, you know, you take it to the beach, this thing... Will be will be a okay. You won't be like oh, this is the last time I take my electronics out in public. So does this sound like a cool device or yeah for two fifty worth it or not worth it? Mm, I'd rather one of the other ones. I think I don't. I would see me being able to use this more than the underwater one. 
Because as much as I like being underwater, there's only so long I can be down there. Yeah, you can only hold your breath for like 30 seconds. So unless you're listening to like a a bumper for one of your podcasts (laughs) or something, then the headphones aren't really helping you much. So how much are your little uh, Spidey tracers? Um, Currently 10 for $150. So 15 bucks each. Basically, yeah. Well, peace of mind. Like you can put that on the dog collar or something if you don't want to chip your animal. Well, that's the thing. Just for speed, the number of times I've had to look for where my car keys are in the house. Or hey, you can just yeah. sew, you can just sew it into a like your kid's coat if they have a tendency to run off. Or have one on each phone. That way, we can track it with the other phone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you lose your phone. Oh damn! I wish I had my phone so I could trace my phone. Oh well, wait, I can. <laughs> that's I can the use benefit my, of living in a house with multiple phones. I can use my other phone. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Well, I'm done with speakers, so I do have another product, but uh, it's Rich's turn. So, what else have you got? Uh, what else have you been uh, hoping for this year? Um, I'm gonna cheat a little bit because this is actually a. It is from a couple of years ago, but the price is a little over a thousand. But because it's from a couple of years ago, I think that uh, I could probably get it for a little bit cheaper. Uh, so, uh, it's skating by on a technicality. It's a uh, it's, di- it's, di- it's dicey, but I'll allow it. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that I would like is the Asus Transformer uh, AO, or AIO, or all-in-one, depending on how you want to say it. Oh, like an IO? So th- yeah, IO, AO, whatever, however you want to say it. Um, but this was released in 2013 by Asus, and it is a 8.4-inch Core i5 um, all-in-one computer with 8 gigs of RAM, 2 gig NVIDIA uh, Tegra GT, uh, GeForce chip with a 1 terabyte hard drive, 64-bit Windows, and it converts from a 18.4-inch Windows computer to an 18.4-inch Android tablet. When you take off the screen, it immediately turns into an Android 4.1 tablet, which weighs 5 pounds and is, like I said, 18 and a half inches, which is awesome. But the really cool thing that I actually enjoy about this and that I think is kind of cool is so, yeah, you know, you want to take it off and and play some games with your kids or, you know, show somebody something, whatever on Android. That's cool. It can be a tablet. But the best part about it is so you're watching TV, you know, your wife comes up and she wants to watch something, too. So she grabs the tablet and and starts watching on the tablet, right? She opens up Netflix and she starts watching on the tablet. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap, I need to get that office work done. Well, guess what? This computer has an HDMI out, which allows the base of the computer to be a full-fledged Windows 8 computer while the tablet is currently being used as a tablet. Sweet. So, So not only can you use the tablet as an Android tablet off of this unit, you can also use the computer itself with an external monitor and keyboard and mouse at the exact same time. And if you have the monitor plugged into the base and you turn on your HDMI uh, monitor, it automatically extends your desktop into onto both of those screens. So, wow. and it, you know, obviously has a whole crap ton of ports. It comes, you know, dual layer DVD, Blu-ray burner or something like that. And like, uh, I think it's had four or six USB ports and SD card slot and, uh, like I said, HDMI and a couple other things. But I just think that that is super awesome and cool and would be mega useful. Hmm. Yeah, it seems like a pretty neat device. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't turn that down if it, tur- if it showed up in my stocking. Yeah, exactly. 
And especially, like I said, it came out, you know, almost three years ago now. So I'm sure you'd be able to find one at least for, you know, 900 bucks. And it's still relatively like with a core i5, i5 processor, eight gigs of RAM, a two gig video card and a one terabyte hard drive with 64 bit windows. You can upgrade that to Windows 10 and you're still looking pretty darn good on the spec side of things. Like, yeah, you're not going to be able to run Fallout 4 on it, but, you know, you probably wouldn't have any problems doing any audio or video editing either. That's a pretty fantastic item. Okay, so I'm done with speakers now. I saw this uh, (laughs) item on Amazon. I thought it was pretty fantastic because, as you know, a certain movie is uh, coming out, a little long-awaited movie, a movie that might be uh, uh, featured in discussion very soon. Uh, a little, little long. Only, away, a little... only on what, like a, a, a thousand podcasts. Yeah, Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, with the the road chip. Yeah, okay. b- boys on the hood or something. Well, this is. Uh, well, you remember in Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back when uh, Han had to put Luke inside the warm and cozy Tauntaun. Oh no, I I can see this coming. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Well, mm-hmm. this time, <laughs> yep. This time you can put yourself inside a nice warm Wookie with a Star Wars Chewbacca <laughs> with a Star Wars Chewbacca and Han Solo reversible hoodie. Oh, it's it's okay. a hoodie that <laughs> you can. It's a hoodie you can reverse on the out on one side. It looks like Chewbacca. It's nice thick woolly brown, and if you reverse it, then you get to see. Uh, like a little uh, blue thing with pockets and a couple of like little uh, colored squares on it and a, a name tag saying Captain Solo. And it is a... Oh, not General Solo? Uh, I, I'm not quite sure what his rank was. So it's was. pre-Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Pre-Return uh, of the Jedi, for sure. You know, I'm thinking more Hoth anyway. And this one, uh, the Chewbacca side is 100% polyester faux fur with no pockets. And the Han Solo side sacrifices warmth for practicality with 60% cotton, 40% polyester with four pockets. And it's on Amazon.com for $120. Does this sound like a cool item? It does, but I've actually seen uh, those Chewbacca sweaters here in Ottawa, in fact, believe it or not. They have them at uh, the comic book shop, Um, Hmm. and they are super awesome. They even have the... um, the I don't know what it is like ammo belt or whatever that you know sash thing that he's wearing is. Yeah, that's what this it's got, has. It's yeah, got the, it's got, it's got that the on there too, and it's got the the hood and everything. And uh, yeah, I've seen that here, which is um, pretty awesome. I don't know about the reversible part though. It would I think it would be a little weird to zip that up with the Wookie side in. I don't know. I think it would be like very nice and warm. There's also a. Uh... Just another one that says, like, I am Chewy, Chewbacca furry costume hoodie sweatshirt. And that one's just like a non-reversible thing what has got a zipper in the front. Have you seen the one, the uh, the Stormtrooper ones, where you can zip up um, the, like, all the way to the top of the hood, and then it's got, like, little eye cutouts where the Stormtrooper's eyes are? So the, the, the hood, once it's fully zipped up, looks like you're wearing a Stormtrooper helmet. I, I'm looking at the Darth Vader one for that right now yeah they have those two yeah yeah i think those sweaters are totally awesome and i want one so badly yeah it's fifty dollars for that one and it's a pretty good item there's also one (laughs) that's uh that's r2 oh i haven't seen the r2 one so you can be you can be everyone's favorite little trash can and (laughs) uh 
oh my gosh, when they, <laughs> oh my gosh, when they zip it up, the, <laughs> the, the head, it's like R2's upper dome, but compressed to a tiny human-sized head instead of the large round lid that he has. So seeing R2 with a head, but no discernible change in his appearance, it is, it is a sight. Just go to Amazon.com and check out the I am R2D2 costume hoodie sweatshirt. Uh, hmm. that, when that thing is zipped up, it is freaking terrifying. It's like if C it's like if C three PO was in Silent Hill. This would be this would be what was chasing him. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, uh, who's next, Chris or me? Yeah. I forget. Uh, Chris. Oh, okay. Um, nice little simple item. I mean, I've heard of them before, but I didn't realize they were actually this cheap. So I might actually end up getting one relatively soon. This is a Dream Cheeky nine oh eight rocket launcher. Whoa. Hmm. What was it called again? A Dream Cheeky 908 rocket launcher. Is that, what like a, it is, is that a rocket launcher that's got like a cute little face on it or something? No, no. What it is, it's the next generation from the USB missile launchers you can get for your cubicles at work. Oh my god. And what it does is it comes with these little foam missiles. And I don't know what the range was on the missile launcher, but apparently the rocket launcher is a lot better. Again, it's plug-and-play. You, you plug it into your computer. And now, technically, they their measurements are a little bit off. It said uh, on the specs that you could launch a little missile or a rocket 6 meters or 35 feet, which measurement-wise doesn't add up. However, it still seems like a pretty good distance. And you can actually change the, dire the trajectory of uh, your missiles by adjusting the controls on the computer. So when you have your little inner office warfare, which I'm not saying I do, I'm not saying I don't. Nobody can blame it on me. There's no proof. However, I would find a few of these things very handy because, you know, a little inner office vengeance can never be a bad thing. And currently, the price, they're going for like $35. For $35 for a cool toy like that, even if I only get a couple of days of enjoyment out of it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's not bad. Yeah, for sure. Better than that stupid no button or whatever. Right, exactly. That, that, that's useless. Yeah, but, I hate those things. But this this is something I could actually use, and if you happen to get uh, a buddy or two that happen to have them in the same office, then it's full-fledged warfare. <laughs> not really. And this is USB-powered? Yep. Oh, I love USB-powered gadgets. Love them like those little USB powered uh, uh, can fridges, or the drink warmer and cooler, or the fan, or like there's so many little. I love USB gadgets. Love, 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 love. You know, the the best thing to do would uh, mount like a couple of those things on a little drone, and then have a, uh, and then you can have the Fugo speaker on top of it playing "Ride of the Valkyries" as it's <laughs> as it's coming down the trench. <laughs> is the is that that uh, dun 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 dun
Um, so this one might be cheating. Not really sure, but um, 3D printer. I'm just 3D printers are awesome. I could do so many things with a 3D printer. Everybody could. They're they're so amazing. I'd never have to buy Christmas presents for my children <laughs> again, or at least at least not for a couple of years anyway, because I could just print my son out superheroes, and I could print my daughter out you know little teacups and plates and forks and knives and shit like that. That would so, be, well, that would be pretty damn dope. But uh, my sister won't stop pumping out kids, so it wouldn't do good for me because any small <laughs> devices I make would be a choking hazard to the little ones. Well, make them big devices. The, the eight-year-old. Well, you could make a rattle with one of those things, guaranteed. But uh, like, I, I don't know how well, big these things can be. Like, as far as I've seen, they're only about the size of a printer. Um, a little bit bigger. I'd say twice the size. Yeah, but two, two, maybe even three. It, it's about the size of one of the good quality desktop all-in-one printers. Yeah, yeah, like the big, huge ones. Yeah, like Lexmark in style. I've only seen it print or out little the size things. Of- I've only seen it print out little things like little uh, statu- like figurines or statuettes. Okay. But, uh, well, I've I seen one of these in action. Parts. Yeah. I've seen one of these in action, and they are really neat. Um, the biggest problem comes actually with the price uh, limit. Now, you can get them for about as cheap as $500. However, those ones you're basically looking at building with one material only. Now, the really good ones that are out right now, are going for closer anywhere from two to five thousand dollars. The best ones right now, you're able to print with three different materials, and in those cases, you're able to print uh, objects that are embedded within each other. That way, you can make objects that uh, like the like, rattle, like specific uh, electrical cables that come with their own casing all at the same time, and you can make products like that and. It just ends up being way, way more versatile as opposed to just making basic plastic objects when you're essentially making a composite material. Um, what kind of materials do you do you use? Because like I don't, that's one of the things that I've always wondered is okay. do you just like buy a bin of plastic pellets and yes. it melts it and makes it? Now, since last time that I was on and I told you I'd uh, find out a little bit more, I have indeed, and I actually uh, talk on a regular basis now with uh, somebody that has one. Basically, for a cheap uh, plastic material, you can get uh, a block of plastic, which I believe, by the time you're done, probably weighs about 20, 25 pounds. And I think he said the cost was about $100. But you can make quite a few little handy-dandy items around the house for that. Now, if you wanted something more specific or for a more industrial use, you'd have to buy a higher quality material. But for most things, the cheaper plastic will work. Like this cool, is, yeah. a... I definitely want one for sure. Oh, it, they're great. Um, for example, he was doing things like uh, just little knickknacks you could play with with your hands or Halloween decorations. And now he's getting into doing customized cosplay materials. So if somebody wants something for a specific costume, he can go out and make that specific piece that they can't find anywhere else to, you know, finish off these costumes. And it's just really handy and really not that expensive. To mention, Not to mention the fact, though, that if you lose some Lego pieces for that uh, Death Star, <laughs> you know, you got 10,000 pieces and you lose three of them, you can print them out right away. Exactly. Huh? That's pretty damn awesome. 
So what materials can you, uh, you work with besides plastic? I don't know about that. I know there's some that are borderlining on rubber, but I okay. don't know all are the details. Not, I'm not that good with the chemistry. Are of they it, not able to work with uh, like either crystal or uh, metal or porcelain? I, I have no idea. I'm not sure. I guess I've got my next batch of questions. <laughs> well, that's uh, rounding us out. Uh, I think we're good for our last round. Okay, well, I guess I can uh, close this out. One of the things that... Uh, like this is one of the higher-end items. Uh, have you ever... Uh, like, one thing about winter, even though it's not snowing so much, is that things are dry. And dry air can uh, cause a lot of problems, like especially for people with dust allergies, because... You know, humidity usually brings dust down to the ground, and and dry air just lets it fly around, and dust mites can thrive in it. So people with allergies or who just hate dry air because it wrecks your skin or whatever, uh, Dyson now has a humidifier, and it's the same type as your uh, as the uh, those Dyson bladeless fans. And there's a uh, difference between it and other humidifiers, like. Like, one of the problems about having a big uh, container of water is eventually bacteria breeds in it. Now, some humidifiers can emit over 280 counts of bacteria within two minutes of turning the machine on, but Dyson kills it. Their humidifier kills 99% of bacteria in the water with ultraviolet cleanse technology, exposing every drop of water to a UVC light. Now that so it projects clean, hydrated air around the room, and it uh, it doesn't oscillate, but it still has a wide area of dispersion. So it uses something called air multiplier technology to project hygienic, humidified air quickly and quietly, and disperses mist evenly throughout a 172 square foot room. And it has climate control that adjusts accordingly to create a comfortable environment, so you don't have to worry about saturating your room. And it's quiet, as demonstrated by a picture on the website of it next to a baby's crib with said baby inside. So if it can help him sleep, that or at least not wake him up, that's pretty darn good. And it has a, uh, it's acoustically engineered, and it's the first humidifier awarded the quiet mark by the Noise Abatement Society. Now, I never heard of this society, but uh, I'd like to see what other awards or things they're handing out, because... Like, they're dedicated to making the world a little quieter. It's uh, not a bad idea. Right. What was the price range on this? Okay, well, the Dyson AM10 humidifier uh, with a white-silver finish is $500. Okay. Well, the reason why I'm interested is about two years ago, I replaced the furnace on my house, and it's actually got... I end up getting a much more expensive furnace, but it's got a similar sort of technology. Instead of having filters, it kills all the dust and bacteria with ultraviolet light. And, of course, I've got the humidity control on the furnace itself. So I don't need it at this point. But if you could have a product like this at a much lower price point and go with a cheaper furnace, that would be a pretty interesting option because the price difference between the expensive furnace and a cheaper furnace is quite a bit. Well, I don't see what... pretty cool to... I don't see why they can't apply this principle to a, a central air to a central air system. It's well, just that it wouldn't be available to the general public. It would probably be for uh, 
contractor well, I, contractors or office uh, supplies and stuff. I basically have it. It's it's on my central air already. It's just uh, the price point was a heck of a lot higher than five hundred dollars. And this one even has a remote control, and it has a dual function, so it even uh, emits high velocity air to cool you in the summer. Oh, nice. So, yep. So it's it's useful all year round, so you never have to put this baby in storage. See, this seems like it'd be very awesome. useful for somebody that was in an apartment complex. Yep. Where they sure. really don't have much control over a lot of the things that go on, and you really need to uh, change your own environment that way. Yep. And where air conditioners can produce uh, not only noise, but also, uh, uh, have you heard of Legionnaire's disease? Uh, Yes. <laughs> and you've heard about cases where it's caused by uh, air conditioners that exactly. just ha- that just haven't been changed. This one was AAFA certified, which was uh, asthma and allergy friendly by the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. So nice. Sweet. Yep. Yeah, so 500 bucks, but it seems like it's worth every penny considering what you're getting for it. Yeah, not too shabby. Okay, so that rounds out my, uh, my under a thousand wish list. Uh, all right, uh, Chris. What else have you got? Okay, from Ultra Saber, I wouldn't mind having the Dark Monarch model um, for roughly one hundred and fifty dollars. Maybe with a few minor upgrades, I can have a professional level dueling lightsaber. Um, That's awesome. Now, a couple people at my gym have these already, and because of the popularity, they're actually starting lightsaber classes where they will teach kids or adults how to duel with lightsabers and have little competitions. Whoa, whoa, whoa. this is in Ottawa? Oh, yeah. And no way. And they will practice at nighttime out in the parking lot, and they look amazing. They look like the real thing. And these things, you can hit hard enough where they take the full impact. Okay. And, yeah, it's basically full-fledged lightsaber fight. Okay, Chris, you've got kids. Okay, Chris, you've got kids? Yeah, I do indeed. And, Rich, you've got kids. I've got nephews. It's decided we're going to have a play yeah, date. Yeah, this sounds amazing. We're, we're going to have a play date, and if we ever put out okay. anything on a YouTube channel, we're going to show our little ones having epic lightsaber fights at, at like, dusk in, in, like, the dark, and just have the lights, like, just be the only things you see, and just, like, watching them, like, swat around each other. It'll be like having our own little Jedi Sith Academy. It, it's going to be amazing. We need to follow this up. This is fantastic. Well... Oh, I know quite a bit about this stuff already because I've already held them in my hands. Now, you can get them in every color. You can get the handles in any style. The people at my gym already, I've already uh, witnessed battles between uh, one nice classic Darth Vader-style red lightsaber going against a nice double-sided Darth Maul-style purple lightsaber. They come in multiple styles, so you can get single, double... I'd imagine fairly shortly you'll have after the new movie is released, you'll have one that uh, it's got the cross card. Probably has three blades, yeah. <laughs> Which seems like the first intelligent lightsaber because if you've got like two cylindrical uh, blades, there's a good chance of them skating up and down each other. And right. when the the first thing it's going to encounter past the hilt is your fingers. It's good to have like a nice piece of impenetrable laser force actually protecting your hand so it's well there's actually there's a name uh one of the actual original if you go back and and look at the expanded universe and and read about it and stuff um 
the old uh, the original lightsabers actually had to have they had to have a uh, a separate power source which was attached to your hip and it would have a cord going from that power source at your hip to your lightsaber and one of the things that they used to do was try and travel down the hilt and cut off the Sith or Jedi's hand thus making it impossible for them to use it because while you're cutting off their hand you're cutting off the power source and there's there's actually a uh, a Star Wars quote unquote term for this like a Jedi term for this maneuver it's actually pretty interesting so you're right it does make a lot of sense to have that being a cheating prick (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) okay so a little bit more just on the lightsabers themselves um now now that we're into the higher quality stuff again, okay, um, on, the big thing is the <laughs> the glowing part of the lightsaber, essentially the blade, is a lighted tube, and it's wrapped in this uh, clear fiber element, so it can take a pretty good beating. However, if something does happen and you crack one, you have replacement tubes available. Oh, that's cool. So you have replacement parts and pieces that come w- with them once you hit this higher quality of lightsaber. Hmm. If you want Unlike to change the stupid co- kid ones. Exactly. If you want to change colors, you can. Wow. You know what, though? As much as people make fun of the stupid kids ones, those new ones they came out with where you can mix and match are pretty cool. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to. So, how much do these go for? Um, it depends on your source. There's nobody in particular that's licensed to have them. So there's a lot of different companies. The ones I was looking at and was quoting price from were about $150. However, I have seen them go up to about $350. And there are quality ratings. Some are just for display. Some are for heavy, heavy duty dueling. Yeah. And I'd be interested in the ones that can really take a beating. Oh, for sure. I, I, I can, I swear I've seen, I went to Best Buy last week to help my buddy buy a new 4K TV. Awesome. And while we were waiting in line, they had, I think they were like 170, 169.99 or something for these lightsabers. And both me and my buddy were like staring at it like, why the hell is it so damn expensive? <laughs> Toys R Us has a set, I think, for 250. <clears throat> That's I didn't look at the quality of them, but. Yeah. There's a there's a guy down the street that'd probably be interested in that. When I used to walk up uh, to go drop my kids off at school, there was always this guy who's outside LARPing every day in front of his house. He's sitting there with his <gasps> either with a sword or without one, just you know doing um, sword feet movement and 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 dueling in the air and stuff. It's hilarious. I love the guy. I we'll, wave to him every day. We'll talk afterwards. You'll have to give me the location because I think I know where I'm spending my lunches now. <laughs> okay, Rich. So now we uh, we'll leave it to you to uh, round out the uh, the cheap the the more affordable Christmas wish fantasy stuff. Alrighty. Uh, well, no pressure. What no have, pressure what, what have you been founding that uh, that just that just nibbles at the little greed monster inside you? Well, this is actually something I uh, uh, I actually started saving for a couple of years ago when uh, when I first started the Geek Volley podcast. Uh, somebody tweeted me, or I saw this tweet. Unfortunately, I couldn't find it or the specific name of the company in question. There are there are multiple um, variations of this product that you can find out there, but it's basically a podcast AM transmitter that you put on the side of your house. You put this giant antenna on the side of your house. And then 
wire it up and it comes to a, a little, you know, computer hub or whatever, and you load on your podcasts onto it or load it into your feed because it has Wi-Fi. So you can just automatically load an RSS feed to it and it will, um, you can schedule it to play certain episodes at certain times, you know, only once a day, you can pick your trend, uh, your trends, um, your frequency. Um, so essentially like my idea was I used to live out in Kempville, which is outside of Ottawa. And I thought it would be great to put this on the side of my parents' house where I was living at the time so that I could just constantly broadcast the Atomic Geeks, Geek Fallout, Nerd Lunch, and and get everybody in Kempville listening to us start the Atomic Geeks uh, <laughs> podcast network radio station, essentially. Um, That's pretty and, awesome. Uh, I believe. I believe at the time it was uh, it was six hundred dollars. Now I, I think the the range limit on it was somewhere in in the vicinity of uh, three to five miles or something, or maybe ten at the most. So I mean, it's not it's not anything. This is you know you're not going to cover a whole city, but you know it could be pretty interesting and it'd be fun. You know, so I I thought that was pretty cool. And the other thing here that I have is uh, Smart AI. Now, this will tie uh, slightly into a pick on my uh, expensive list, my dreamers list, if you will. Um, and if you go on to Kickstarter or Indiegogo and type in artificial intelligence, you'll actually get more than a few results nowadays. Um, one of the ones, the first ones that I actually uh, heard about, I think it was about a year or two ago, and I was talking about it on Geek Fallout, actually, is called the Emo Spark. And essentially what most of these are is they're either uh, Android uh, or Linux-based, although that's kind of the same thing in a way. Um, and they hook up to everything in your household. So, for instance, the um, EmoSpark uh, is a emotional companion for you. And what it does is it's a um, little cube, a handheld cube, probably about the size of an Ouya, if you know how big that is, or... Um, and you hook it up to your Wi-Fi, you hook it up to your TV, and then from there, it uh, I guess you have to download an app or something, but it can access your uh, Windows PC, it can access your tablets, your um, phones, uh, pretty much every screen in the house that's internet connected, it can access automatically. So you can ask it questions, ask it to play music anywhere in the house, from anywhere in the house. Uh, one of the examples they used in the video was, you know, this girl was, you know, sad because her boyfriend forgot to pick her up or something in the rain. So, you know, the emo spark told her, hey, you know, why not look at these pictures to cheer you up? And it was pictures from her vacation or something. So you can have conversations with it. Um, it can do all sorts of, they can uh, meet people that you bring into the home. It can show you cool videos that it thinks you will enjoy. It can do um, things like find you recipes uh, you can set a timer with it when you're cooking, like all sorts of things can update you on weather, news, sports, all this sort of stuff. Um, and a lot of them are, are very similar. Some of them have integration with uh, smart home capabilities like um, uh, Wemo, um, IFT, and like, uh, what is it, Philips SmartHue, that sort of stuff, as well as Nest products um, that you can control. You can control uh, Z-Wave uh, products with them as well, which is another smart home thing. Uh, and some of them even have surveillance that you can uh, tap into so that you can just ask it, hey, you know, Emo, how's my house? How's my cat doing? And it would pop up with that camera and show you your cat at home. Hmm. 
Yeah, I just and tried. The, the the most interesting part, real quick, about the at least the emo spark is right now you can buy it for two hundred and seventy dollars for the cube, just for the just for the emo spark, and for three hundred and seventy five dollars you get the emo spark and the integrated uh, wireless um, surveillance camera as well, which it can then watch you with and interact even further with you because the software on it is meant to. Um, understand what emotional state you are in and talk to you and and help you with things in your daily life to make you happy. Quite literally, yeah. this is th- this is what it's programmed for. There are other ones that are more of assistance. Um, some of the other ones I have here are Cubic, uh, Maco, and uh, JASA. That's a, a acronym for something, which I couldn't find out what the acronym is for, but it's J-A-E-S-A. And these are all products on Kickstarter and Indiegogo that you can, you know, quite possibly go out and buy right now. And they're all really cool. And we're getting towards how. <laughs> yeah, I just briefly looked at the uh, the website and then it started blasting music at me. So I had to turn it off so I could hear you. But it the, the front page shows a woman holding a little Borg cube in her hand. Yep. So that looks pretty uh, interesting. And that wraps up our episode tune in next time for a more uh, luxurious episode. We're going to go balls to the wall. We're just going to just money, not an object. Forget credit cards. Forget debt. Just, you know, uh, if we we, we robbed a bank or a big sack of money fell into our backyard, this is what we're going to be getting. And it's going to be extreme. It's going to be wild and out of control. It's going to be decadent. It's going to be quite a uh, quite an episode. So, until next time, I am Mike, your host. You can find me on uh, this show. I'm also uh, running my own podcast, Playing with Power. It's a retrospective podcast about uh, Nintendo Power Magazine. I host that with my buddy Ben. Maybe we'll have a guest on it from this network. Maybe who knows? I think I've got some fault since it's my entire podcast. And, uh, Chris, where can we find you? Uh, most commonly, you can find me on the main Geek Fallout show and Geek Fallout the comic book episodes. I'm a regular contributor there. Alias Ego on Twitter. I'm fairly active. And Chris Gaida on Facebook. You're still not going to go with Ninja Gaida? Not yet. It's got to catch on first. Do I have to think of everything? Preferably, okay. <laughs> save me a lot of work. <laughs> okay, Rich, and where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, Geek Fallout Techno Babble. You can also find me on our Facebook page. I have taken it upon myself to try to be as active as I can on the Facebook page, the Geek Fallout Productions uh, Facebook page. I've been posting uh, trailers and news articles and all sorts of fun stuff on there. Uh, so, you know, we invite you to come come there and uh, join the conversation, comment on some stuff, let us know how you enjoy the episodes, uh, suggestions uh, for topics you want to hear us talk about. Please feel free. We'd or love you, it. Or you can just uh, link that Facebook page to your friends, like a certain super fan who, uh, who's been spreading the word. I don't want to yes, say his name since one, I said it enough. Since Our, our number one fan. <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah. So uh, keep up the good work, buddy. Okay, so I'm your host, Mike King, and it is now safe to power off your device.
noise is singing, you silly bucket. What? Me teach you how to sing? Well, I don't know if I cannot. You see, it's rather complicated. But perhaps I can explain music if I try to sing you the explanation. You see, there's a kind of sound you won't find in your men. Recall, when you add a note to one, you sound it just before, and another one after that, and then another three or more, and suddenly you are singing notes galore. Oh, no, Arthur, it's more. There's a kind of feeling when you sing a melody, and another person sings along in harmony. It's the loveliest thing that you can do to make your voice sound grand. Difficult things are the things you never will understand.